October 28, 2013. It's a Watt from Pedro's show.
Watch for Pedro show uh, in Pedro, but not at the Love Grotto on the Pleasure Point because Brother Matt is sick, unfortunately. Where I am is at Prackpad here up at the Angels Gate Cultural Center. And uh, oh, yeah, we started off with uh, Ruby, My Dear by John Coltrane, Florence Monk, and then Dana, my Sawako. Uh, I got some guests. Oh, everybody, please wish uh, Brother Matt get well soon, kind of thing. Get well, Matt. Okay. Um, okay. You heard my guess there, Jason Fine, Tim Ziegler, Eric Schatz. 
Eric Chance, buddy. Power or, trio. Original crew, Orange County crew okay. from back in the Minutemen days. Right. Uh, Jason, his pop wrote a book I read this summer that is incredible. It's called Imagining Los Angeles. And, uh, I mean, I love it. I knew a little bit of stuff, you know, reading around, encyclopedias. The Chinatown movie was probably my biggest educator, which is ridiculous because it's theater. Although the man, Mr. Town, mm -hmm. Pedro. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess... The, I He's think a Pedro they, guy? I think the hill, and then he came down. Yeah, right. Sharon Tate. Yeah, I know that. Pedro. Huh. Lock came out of Pedro. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, I mean, I... People, I really recommend it. If you, uh, you know, live in SoCal or you're interested and you want to know where it came from, you know, there is a story behind it. Uh, and what he's trying to do with the book, what Jason Spott was doing, was he's trying to talk about how the literature came to be. And to do that, he had to tell the story of how the area came to be. And it starts around the 1870s, 1880s. And it's really interesting, and it goes through these phases, and uh, of course there's a Hollywood part, and there's a, uh, a hard-boiled part, and then there's a rough-and-tumble. We were talking about Mr. Fontaine, mm -hmm. Mr. Picasso. You, you know he's uh, buried here. I know that. His last 14 years. Yeah. He said he liked Pedro. He said people here were, uh, what did he tell me? They, they were what they were. Mm-hmm. Like uh, maybe playing. He was always looking for that. Playing speaking. Yep. Playing right. yep. I know he wasn't looking for you to read your poems to him. <laughs> you know, reading books, I was, you're like, this is an angry man. Every time I, uh, I, I met with him, he was really nice. His wife, Linda, went to... Did you spend time with him here in Peter? Yeah, yeah. well, I got to meet him. Yeah. You know, I never stopped him yeah. out or anything. But his wife, Linda, would come to Minutemen gigs and stuff. And she mm. still lives oh, here, cool. takes care of all the things. And Bukowski had a, a lot to do with getting Fonte recognized. Yeah, he loved him. Loved that stuff. Yeah. And... Uh, but your pop's part of that. Anyway, uh, I get to ask Jason, you know, I got to read the work, but I'm kind of interested in where it came from. Yeah, you know, my dad all, my dad was born in Brooklyn, but moved to L.A. when he was 10. His father uh, had this dream of being in movies, in the movies, just like a lot of people who had come to California before, like following the dream. He wanted to be an actor. He was working for his family business, and he was feeling kind of beaten down by that, and he wanted something totally different. So he brought the whole family out to California, two boys, his wife, my grandma. And then other parts of the family followed him, too. They got written out of the wills. To this day, when I see an old relative in New York, they'll be like, why'd you guys move to California? Oh, so it was a heavy move. 70 years later, heavy move. So, But what he wanted to do was reinvent himself. He wanted to reinvent Which is part of the story. That's, right, that's right. what L.A.'s always That's what you were about. telling me about. Okay. Yeah. Now, he never really actually made it in the movies. He, he got cast, apparently, in one Western where he fell off a horse, and that was the end of his film career. But the I've been going through all these the pictures, life. these glamorous pictures of the guy wearing cow... You know, this is a Jewish guy from Brooklyn yeah. wearing cowboy hats and big boots and all that stuff. But I think, you know, for my dad... That's why they call it acting. Exactly. You know, and, you let's know, say you need you a Martian. Do, do you get a guy from Mars? No. No, exactly. <laughs> I mean, Paul yeah. Muni with the tape on No, no, Richard Muni with the tape on you. Yeah, I know. You start looking that, at movies that way. That's Tiffany. That's like 60s, right? Yeah. Oh, nice radio. <laughs> the funniest one was yeah. with Paul Muni because the number one son is a that's China right. guy, but he's, hey, Pops, talking like this, and you guy, oh, yeah, number one son. I know. It's, it's hard but to But anyway. So, well, my, my dad really, like, 
his basic idea was that you know no one gave LA enough credit you know for great books, great music, great culture that you know everyone thought of LA as this kind of vapid empty place and all this great shit came from here. And so I mean for him literature is where it kind of started and he really pinpointed it is starting in 1939. Three books were written in LA. Three great novels. Raymond Chandler The Big Sleep, yeah. John Fonte Asked the Dusk, yeah. and Nathaniel West's Day of the Locust. Yeah, so at Cal State Long Beach, he started the, the first American Studies Department, which was a mix between history and, and literature. Yeah. And then they really started specializing in California and really studying where we're from. And that was kind of the whole origins of this book. Well, it's incredible. Takes off in this dissertation, which is immigrant fiction in America. Yeah. And that's why L.A. is kind of a real representative place, because it's a, it is a... A zone of immigration and for its fertility, its richness comes from that. That's right. Like one of his early studies is that Louis Adamic, a Slovenian guy, comes yeah. from, from yeah, here. Yeah, he talks about him big time. In the time. 20s. Yeah, so he, it's amazing. As a historian, uh, I thought his work from doing literature and history in place, like California, Los Angeles, untouchable. It's actually That's a damage because a damage. they have a little V over the oh, sea yeah, with right. the immigration. In fact, we got an immigration building. Those guys made the decision that would change your life forever. Right. <laughs> right. We don't know where. Exactly. So you'll see Slav names with CH, okay. which is a sound. Yeah. But, but it's a spelling with a C with a little Yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, get on. Move on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but another point he makes is this is as far as you could go. Yeah. This right. was the edge. So what Kerouac said, end of the land. Sort of what, and what's trippy about that was I was asking. I think it was David Thomas because mm -hmm. he lives in Brighton. Mm -hmm. I said, "What's it about Brighton?" He said the same thing. If you're going down from London, you can't go. That's, that's it. it. You better you better face yourself now because yeah. nowhere so else to go. Your pop gets but, into that dynamic big time. Yeah, one of the things I remember from being a kid was that he 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 just took such joy in the history of LA. He thought that no one paid attention to all the great buildings we had and yeah. you know old things. So he would send all his students out, and he'd say he'd give them little things they had to find and take pictures of. Things that you wouldn't know existed. So, for example, I went with him one day down to the what was the Million Dollar Theater. It was the first theater at Art Deco Cinema. And we'd snuck in the back, and you get a picture of it, and then you'd bring it back to his class and do a slideshow with all these pictures. And he let me do the soundtrack. So I would put the songs together to go with these slideshows. And he would really turn his students on to the real rich history that L.A. had that no one knew about, the buildings, the Bradbury Building, all these really Don't great places. Don't take it for places, granted. You know? Don't it take out. it for granted, exactly. Look, you brought some music here, Jason. Uh, oh, yeah, but uh, I picked the next one. We, we lost Brother Lou. Yeah. yeah. I we know lost, he's we've, been sick. We've been thinking about Brother Lou. Yeah. Like killing me. Yeah. And last night I did, Sister Ray. What I got here is, have you ever heard of the guitar, the guitar amp tape? No. no. There's a gig that Velvet Underground did in 69 in uh, Boston. At the, it was called the Tea Party. I mm -hmm. played there when it was called... Avalon Ballroom. I think it's right by Fenway. And uh, they put the, either the tape recorder or the microphone right on Lou's amp, so it's like wow. a Lou's show. So we're going <laughs> to hear it. guitar amp show, that's cool. <laughs> Thank you. 
drifting across the minefield of your thoughts, dissolved, wondering, who am I? Why should I be alone, alone?
Watch for Pedro's show. Uh, yeah, we started off with the Velvet Underground Live, uh, 1969. Uh, I can't stand it. Uh, it's from something they call the guitar tape because the amp, uh, the microphone or tape recorder was put right on Lou's amp, so that's why you don't hear any singing or any drums and stuff. But it's interesting. Then we heard uh, Devin, Gary, and Ross. Your head is reeling. You might know the Gary, uh, Gary Panner. Mm-hmm. Jimbo, oh, the comic, and then he ended up doing some sets for Pee Wee. Mm. Really? Oh, uh, Old Fashioned Street by Dirty Beaches. Yeah, I had him in here a couple weeks ago. Mm. Alex, cool, cool, cool people. Yeah. Yeah, you got the poster up. And uh, yeah, he gave me yeah. much respect. He just finished the whooping door. Did he give you the Jim Beam bottle? This is from <laughs> Chicago. The uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hard Rock Cafe. The party side. Yeah. Uh, what's it called? Double Door? Double Door, sure. It's on Milwaukee, yeah. and there's like two sets of doors. Yeah. And then finally we heard uh, Zoom by Osonio de Marinaio. That's a trio I got with two guys from Italy. Yep. I'm going to make a second album in December. That's great. What else do you have coming up? doing the final All Tomorrow's Party. They're packing it up. Oh, that's it's it, It's going huh? away. Hmm. 14 years. We saw that one here with uh, you and George did. Uh, George and Mary. And the Stooges. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I and, think that was the first time I saw, saw the Stooges after they came back, right? Yeah, my mom saw oh. it. And she said, Yeah, That's interesting awesome. way uh, uh, Mr. Pop has with bonding with the audience. <laughs> <laughs> Jump right he in. He said to a young uh, man, Fuck you, and gave him the finger. And the young man gave him the finger and fuck you back. And he said, Oh, yeah. <laughs> and your mom, very interesting. Your mom took that yeah. in. Yeah, yeah she thought funny. it was like, Whoa, yeah. You know, bridging, the, you know, putting that must have been, in the Grand Canyon. Yeah, know. man. That must have been a trip for you too to just watch Iggy's style on stage, like when you started playing with him. You know? The first one, yeah, <laughs> but I had already been doing it maybe a year and a half by that time. Because mm-hmm. uh, April two thousand three was the first one. Okay. Shit, the first pra- we practiced the day before, and it was like a gig. It was just us, the Ashton brothers, me and him in a room. But he was. He, yeah, you got called in like pretty quick, right? Like well, I was on tour with my second man. I flew from Memphis. Right. Yeah, I got the call in Tallahassee, uh, at a place called Cowhouse. Uh-huh. He got on the phone. He hey, called uh, you directly. Yeah, yeah. He got. He there's a phone, and he's. Uh, hey, Mike. Ronnie says you're the man. <laughs> I was like, fuck. I could have never imagined. He goes, Will you do me a favor? Will you wear a t-shirt instead of a flannel? He said, fuck yeah. <laughs> 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 He's like, yeah, anyway. He wore a dress from Perry. <laughs> I said, what about Converse and Levi? He said, that's strong. He's like, that's strong. <laughs> said, you know them other things a kid got on the rest? I said, yeah. He said, I'm into that. <laughs> so he told me, talked about clothes and lighting. And, stuff. and at the very end, he gets to the music. He goes, now look, however we end the songs, that's how we end them. Mm-hmm. And then I'm on a plane. You know, I left my guys. I got sick on the flight. You were going to uh, Europe? I didn't tell, no, from Memphis to, it was here. It's Coachella. Okay. So India, right? Yeah, I saw the, that. The prac was in Hollywood. And um, like, I'm not telling. It's like a 20-foot pool cue, but a cue up my ass, you know, in fever and all that. <laughs> I remember that, yeah. It's a nightmare. But when I went back, I met my guys in Raleigh. I did 35 straight gigs. That gig burned it out. The wind was really blowing. It blew over Ronnie's amps. I remember Ig Stop Dirt. Comes up to me and goes, are we in the right key? I said, yeah. <laughs> okay, start it again. 
mean, it's surreal to me. I mean, this is a Stooges. Yeah. We wouldn't even have a punk scene without yeah. this band. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And here I'm up there, and I, got, I, I owe them everything. I got to get it together. Scotty brought me a, a Dave Alexander shirt. Mm -hmm. I wore a Dave Alexander shirt. His name is David Michael Alexander. My mm -hmm. name is Michael David Watt. Uh -huh. Dad Trump. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't either. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine me around these guys? My ears turned into like elephant-sized mm -hmm. Africa ones. That, yeah. You know, not the India ones. Nothing against them. <laughs> these are like the Africa ones. It's like a hometown gig and too. Big Coachella. sponges. No, but just every time I'm with them, I'm asking yeah. them. I want to soak. They're from the '60s. They're from a whole other world. Mm -hmm. Like I said, we wouldn't have a punk scene without them. But they're they don't really know us, mm -hmm. and we only know like little. What did Plato say? The shadows at the back of the cave. That's right. Or something. That's right. Right. Chinese telephone. You only get here, what here, and here. I'm right at the source. It's like the old blues guy on the porch, right? That's right. So, and, you know, I get to do music that's righteous, but to be, I can understand your pop wanting to get in culture. There's something about it. I wish there'd be more of a hunger for that. I think, in a way, young people having access to the Internet has got a shot at that. Mm -hmm. Where in the old days, you did have limitations physically. Mm -hmm. But I think now, if you got a hanker in mind, you can, Yeah. you have to be careful and critical, of course. Yeah. But you can you can get out there if you get the thirst, you get the hunger. Uh, the bone has that little uh, weight in the back. Yeah. I never knew what that was as a kid. I thought it was some kind of mechanism. They yeah. found it was just to like even it out. Yeah. There's a little weight in the back. The trombone frustrated oh. my dad so badly that he turned it into a lamp. <laughs> <laughs> so we had this lamp that he made out of trombone, just like. Forget this. I'm not playing this thing again. But then he took it, took have, it up at the end. He's studying MFA or UCLA before he switched to literature. Like he got a music degree undergrad and then went back in grad school UCLA. He's bad. Um, so he was really yeah, but, but, let's, let's into get it. some more music. Yeah.
noisy wide-eyed kids raced around the Christmas tree and skis packed on a roof of cars over impatient drivers. Repetition prolongs the strength of illusion and archetypal forms diminish, becoming frail and silent to the appearance of a lone ocean bird. Skimming over the choppy waters, airily eyeing after anchovies, and occasionally glancing at the people who had come to be at the beach on a winter solstice. I watch this bird in flight, using the wind against the wind. The bird hovered motionlessly and admittedly adjusting both its body and wings. Self-possessed, caught the current of a strong wind, curving in a long half-circle, slowly at first, and then picking up speed as it straightened upon the invisible course. The solitary bird flew far from my sight, yet within an image had reshaped into an empowered vision, disturbing the vague surroundings, resembling great aloneness. I picked up an empty shell of a brown and cream collie that had probably been washed ashore from some earlier storm. I listened to the not-so-far memories of you through the shell and also tasted semi-sweet berries remembered from childhood. Thank you. 
for horses and cows. We just watched it. from Pedro's show. Uh, you heard uh, Patronus Twin Towers by Maid Mills. Before that, Estuary, Sacred Trust, The Have Nots X. Those are two tunes that uh, Tim and Jason brought. Cool Arrow by The Hickoids started off. Jeff Smith said some great words about Lou Reed. Mm. He felt after hearing Lou Reed, it was like, you should be able to do what you want. Mm. Be, uh, say what you want with your music. Mm -hmm. Be who you are. Don't worry about uh, whatever. Get mm. permission. Amen. We're at the end of the first hour. 2013, October 28th edition of Watch Pedro Show. Hold tight for hour two. Uh, October 28th, 2013. It's second hour. Watch from Pedro Show. <laughs>
Jerry Jr. anyhow. Damn, that's good meat. I must find my dog. Salad. Did you bring the mayonnaise? Mayonnaise? I told you to take a jar. Why is he weird? Mm, never mind. If there's none on board, forget it. We'll use Miracle Whip. <laughs>
Watt for Pedro Show. Uh, we started off with some three songs that my guest uh, brought. Um, Straight Life by Art Pepper, who was a Pedro guy. Uh, themselves, from the Minuteman, which and they didn't start off as Pedro guys, but they ended up Pedro guys. <laughs> I was telling them because they didn't, a lot of people don't know this, but uh, none of us were from here. Georgie was from Brockton, Massachusetts. Uh, Dee Boone was born in Napa, up north. Spent a lot of time in uh, Bakersfield before he came here, and uh, I'm from Virginia. So, uh, yeah. Immigrants. But maybe that's how you can appreciate something. I don't know. If you're not from there, I don't know. But that's the facts. And then we heard uh, James Booker with uh, doing a uh, live version of On the Sunny Side of the Street. After that was um, Violet Induced Armpit by Allegheny Whitefish. <laughs> it's just, he's a Pittsburgh cat. Uh, uh, Think Twice by Poison Idea there oh, yeah. uh, Portland. Yeah. Jerry A. Uh, Mascot with Orson Mitho. I think they're Italy. Rod Bryan with Don't Tell Me About Baby. He's Arkansas. Nice Sharp Pencils by Snake. There's Sour, Sourberry Bridge. It's a York, York party, England. Uh, Devin Flynn with M Miracle Whoop. He's SoCal. And finally, uh, they say yucca like Espanol should be, but we say yucca, huh? Mm. Right? Yucca? Yucca? Yeah. Yucca? 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 Yucca. Yucca. In Espanol, it should be yucca. Uca, but we, yeah. we don't. Yucca. Yucca. And that's the yucca. way they say it. But these guys are from Tokyo. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Though. Originally, Kanazawa. It was Night Driver. Okay, why did you bring these songs? Uh, the, the X song, the Minute Man, the Saccharine Trust. Well, you know, we were Art talking Pepper. about, we were talking about, um, you know, like Jason's dad and, and my mom and that whole kind of... Uh, no, you should explain to radio people. We, yeah, were, you know, we just grew up together. So our, our parents were kind of part of this community where, you know, literature... And art and music, good music. They had all the stories. They from, were socialists in yeah. uh, in conservative Orange County. Yeah, in the middle of the whole Reagan thing started we to happen. For, yeah. yeah, who was the guys Something. down there? Bob Dornan and uh, Bomber B one Bomber Dornan. Yeah. yeah, and there was a state senator too. The guy. How about the guy? His daughter ended Schmidt? up sleeping with uh, one of her students, and uh, they married him. I think. Oh, really? Out of jail. One the of that state guy's senator guy. He had a whole another family. A lot of these guys were yeah. complicit. I can't. Schultz. What's his name? Schultz. I don't know. I think he was a state man, but the federal man was Mr. Dornan, yeah. and got beat by him. I remember that. By the help, right? Sanchez. Sanchez yeah. was still in office, I think. Check he this out. I remember it. 1972, I was in second grade during the presidential election. My parents were working for McGovern. I went to school. I mean, no, I wasn't even in second grade. I was in kindergarten. The kids in my kindergarten class were marching for Nixon. I mean, that's the kind of place we grew up, you know. So you know what having, a farmer would tell you, though. <laughs> What's if that? you want a good crop, use a lot of manure. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, so, trippy about the Minuteman. Yes, yeah. our parents were really important too. Yeah. De Boone puts me. His mom puts me on the bass. We're gonna play after school. Not like we're gonna make a band, but just right. to do it. Mm -hmm. Georgie's mom's got the shed. You know, my mom. When I had the knee surgeries, De Boone. Yeah. Both beat me and De Boone move in. Right. Uh, the parents were big supporters for us too. Yeah, we remember we remember these little parties that our parents would have, and they were talking, and there was wine, and you could tell there was a good vibe. Where my dad standing in the middle of town with the no nuke signs, all that stuff. But our parents were different than a lot of other what parents. Part? This was down in Laguna. Oh, by the way. So water. Laguna oh, did have like a little yeah. uh, liberal community, and, and, and it has an old tradition of an art thing. It has an old art tradition and we were, an old lefty thing. Our mascot was the artist. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, there's a, it was, so. there was a little bit. It was like a toehold. We had a toehold into this other culture. 
that we were really right. interested in finding out about more. And as we got older, the music of the Minutemen, the music of Sacred Trust, of X, got us there, took us over the tops, gave us our own way of expressing our feelings. You know where Sacred was from, right? Yeah, right from, right here, from uh, Wellington. Yeah. Wellington. Yeah. 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 Both Pedro and Wellington politically are Los Angeles. Right. But we used to be separate communities. This guy named Finn Spanny was from Wilmington, Delaware. Mm. He's actually started the harbor. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Like in the 1850s, <clears throat> his daughter Lucy pissed it all away, married some crazies. And mm. It's an interesting story about that because Wilmington's kind of beat down. They're trying to bring her back up now. Mm. I was there for Labor Day. That's where they have the march. But So they kind of gave not us... Not a lot of punk bands out of Weimar. So okay. Yeah, right. I remember when I first came here and I saw on the desk, Wilma, who's this Wilma lady? <laughs> or, or do they call... Because there's an S, so you know, is there, is there a few of them? And it was a <laughs> slang name for their town because Wilma. they Wimas from Wilmington. Mm -hmm. Because uh, they did busing, they integrated because their schools were kind of beat, so mm -hmm. bring them on over. And they got to meet us and we got to meet them. It was actually a very cool thing. Mm. But yeah, I thought Wilma's, I knew from the Flintstones. Right. And I thought, <laughs> but it was so their slang. Did you, did you know the Sacred Trust guys? Like, when was the first time you, 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 you met them? Well, how many punks were there? Mm -hmm. 200. So you would see these guys. You didn't really know them. Yeah. One of these guys, a Latin guy, ends up living under Dee Boone's apartment. He gets over on 19th Street. Yeah, what's the odds of that? I don't know, but right when we're starting the minute, man, we, Dee Boone didn't really like reactionaries. He never gave us a song or anything. Because <laughs> his plan was to make a trio. Mm -hmm. like this idea of the four. So we're coming together with the first batch of tunes. In an apartment. Can't have no drummer. We didn't even have one yet. And no amplifier, so we're just using the guitar and the bass. And to keep time, we're stomping on the ground, you know. So Joe buys his hair and all for hours. He <laughs> thought it was these two crazy guys <laughs> dancing <laughs> for hours. <laughs> hours. <laughs> 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 these guys don't quit. And then he, they, D. Boone, I think, just went to his door and introduced himself. You know? uh -huh. Because I think it was like in the 60s with long hair. Yeah. You, before Manson. Yeah. You saw somebody with long hair, you could kind of exactly. trust them. That's yeah. how Black Flag asked us to open up for them and we become SSTO too. Right. We didn't know those guys. Second Trust was the first record they put out, wasn't it? No, they're... First one is Nervous Breakdown. That's oh, yeah, fun. of course. 003 is pa what we call Pagnicons. Pagnicons. And we're number two. Number four is Jealousy. Okay. Yeah. Well, that whole history, that whole thing was really, really important to us. And that's why we put it on, on, on this mix. Because for us, it really you know, comes part of that same continuum that the jazz came from. This underground scene, this really okay. righteous thing, this artistic drive and purity. And that was all kind of, you know. Have you ever heard the first version of the, themselves? No. It's on a little record called Feeble Efforts. God, I don't know that And Dee Boone did it with only a wrench at his job. He's beating the wrench on the pipe. Bing. I got yeah, a cool bing. recording. Man, we got to hear that. Yeah, yeah, man who worked land. Yeah, he's just beating we hear he's that covering one. himself with his machine. And he's beating it with That's the That's awesome. You never heard it? No. And then there was an album. It was a little seven-inch with like eight bands. Feeble attempts? Feeble efforts. Efforts. And then there was an album version with like 20, 25, and it was called Mighty Feeble. <laughs> Mighty Feeble. This is my
straight life is good life Darkness is a plague But the high road is too hard And hell ain't got no gate Yeah, dying is easy Just lay down town. Welcome to Torture Town.
puertas del universo bailar Me mueve el alma, me brinda calma, me da energía Me da las fuerzas para nadar infinitamente en paz Pero también me tira lejos Me saca fuera de mi onda natural Me pone loco Y la duda lentamente va acabando con mi vida Sounds doing World of Confusion. Uh, welcome to Torture Town by Torture Town. Maybe it's a theme song. Then huh? Melt Banana's got a new album, uh, Schemes of the Tales, we heard. Uh, 
Satanism in School by Roman Gabriel Todd's The Beast Rising Up Out of the Sea. Uh, he's, he's from Mobile. Armor Verde by Chicano Batman. We got to play with him in Pedro last month. Great band. Wild band. And then finally, Do You Remember by Husker Du. Yeah, no. Speaking of which, <clears throat> oh, it's live too, so it's a wild ass. Mm. Before, you know, Land Speed Record. Yeah, of course. Boom, Did you see out. Husker Du back then? Um... The May have in Chicago. Yeah. May have in right. Chicago. That's right. Because they came to town. We had an album done. They came to town, made a double. And we said, fuck. So we wrote yeah. all these songs. Yeah, keep we could going. Have another one. I, saw, going. I saw D. Boone at um, Champaign-Urbana, University of Illinois, at that place. That, Mabel's. Mabel's, yeah. Mabel's, yeah. Real, real close to I, the school. I couldn't hang out for too long because I had eaten some mushrooms and... You guys are sounding too good. <laughs> for one of those gigs, we played all of Ascension. There was this one tour we played Ascension, the whole thing, before we go on No stage. way. Really? That's back awesome. Then. And I remember Mabel's. Maybe that was mushroom time. Yeah. That's awesome. So anyway, So, you know, I mean, the, the, other, the other thing was, you know, just Dad was pretty open to stuff, and, and uh, he wasn't around sometimes, and one time I decided I wanted to go see X play sort of spontaneously in uh, Tucson, I think. Devil House? Yeah. So I stole his car, basically, and just drove there. And uh, It's only 400 miles. Yeah. <laughs> saw the show, came back the next day, and, you know, he was he was pretty righteously pissed. <laughs> but then I explained to him why I did it and what I did and, and, and what I'd seen, and he asked me if he could hear some of the music, so I played him some X music. And he didn't exactly get into the music, but he got into the idea of it, and he got into the idea that I was willing to, that I cared so much about it that I'd done that. And he let me off, you know, and, and he was cool yeah. that way. You know, he sort of was had this idea of like, well, it might not be what I'm into, but you should explore it, you know, because it's good for you. And he really, he got the L.A. Well, I thing. think every pop, in a way, wants his son to be his own man. Mm. He doesn't want a carbon copy, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and you know how music is so identifiable. How, how could you exactly like another guy? Right. My pop, too, he thought, man, you should have thought, been around me and him when he found out about punk. Oh, man, that little meeting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you next hour, we're at the end of the second hour. Watch Pedro Show, October 28th, 2013. Hold tight for hour three.
music writing, academic writing, who your audience is. I mean, yeah. you know, what you're trying to bring to it. Who are you trying to communicate to? What are you, you trying to inside of academia. Yeah, because Eric's a college professor. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, like, just like... So you mean coming from inside it and trying to relate to the world outside of it? Well, you know, like, just basically, um, you there's this, are you writing for other professors? Or are That's you right. writing for society? Are you gonna, right. yeah, is it going to reproduce the ivory tower myths and narratives? Or are you going to bring a, a story that's so compelling it's going to engage and draw in other people? people. And that's what I try to do. Yeah. Cal State LA. History, Latin okay. American history. I did uh, Mexico. Do you know about the, one of the first DIY things in the U.S.? It's called Leaves of Grass. Leaves of, you mean, uh, Walt Leaves Whitman? Grass? Mr. Whitman? Yeah, of course. Put it out himself. Oh, there you did go. It? I didn't know that. That's cool. I did in not fact, know that. Get this. That's true. Harold Bloom wrote the, the thing for uh -huh. the hundred, you know, uh -huh. hundred fiftieth because the it's eighteen fifty-five. The first edition. He puts this thing out to try to because the, the slide towards the Civil War was a slow one. Mm -hmm. People yeah. knew it was coming for ten, fifteen. Mm -hmm. years. He thought he was going to stop the war with some poems. That's amazing. That's amazing. And I'm going to put it out myself. In fact, I'm going to write. The letters to the newspaper. Wow, you gotta check out this book oh. with a fake name. <laughs> well, get but, but, so, so, so get he thought amazing. he was gonna go on a tour and, and go to Grange houses and, and factories and, and read this. Right. Not, and read the word. Stop the word. Sure. I, yeah. So this is what you now. He's he's a self-taught guy. He's not from academia, but right. he's still a man of letters. Yeah. And, right. But he doesn't want to stay within the world of letters. He, and that's Although he puts question. Mr. Thoreau's letter, who got all pissed off on the back of the second edition. Mm. So he knew how to promote himself too. Which well, is he good, had to. to he was if DIY. You're be DIY. You got to. This is many years before. Well, a couple of years before. A couple of years. <laughs> couple. And then Doctor Fine, Dave Fine, he caught my dad's imagination because he said this bumper sticker it said "Teach Peace," and my dad was conservative. He was Republican, Orange County businessman, very open-minded, but very conservative at the same time. He goes, "I think we have an interesting conversation, Mister Fine." <laughs> but I gravitated towards his um, cultural and social perspective, and. You know, and and that's been that was a ma he was a major part of it. So was his mom, Karen. Yeah. They offered me alternative cultural, you know, lifestyles and and a critical outlook. Question war, question the government, question the the, the nature of democracy or how it's working. You know. Yeah. Absolutely. So it was it was great to have these guys and, the, and their parents. And that was our, our whole connection. And you know, just totally stood up for what he believed in all the time and forever. You know, I mean, yeah. to the last days. Also, like you ethics. Know, ethics. Yeah. Ethics. Working yeah. for the poor, working for, you know, giving, you know, I mean. Oh, shit, I forgot to say what we started this song. Uh, <laughs> Round Midnight, live from the Lighthouse, which I saw, I saw Max Roach do an entire drum solo on the hi-hat there yeah. at the Lighthouse. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. California Screamin', Sonny Chris. Sonny Chris, another great L.A. horn player, you know, alto player. Beautiful guy, a little too sensitive, a little too, uh, not, wasn't a hustler, couldn't really make it on his own so well. Ended up actually committing suicide in 67, 77. Uh, beautiful player. Amazing player. Thanks for bringing it. And then Hampton Hawes. Hampton. number three. Yeah, tell him about that. There's a good story behind that, this uh, thing, you know. Hampton was in, was in jail a lot, and uh, he must have been only 19 or something when he made this record, but he'd been in jail, and he'd been saving up songs. And when he got out of jail, he wanted to record first night or second night he got out of jail you know they couldn't find a studio but they knew a guy who had a piano in a warehouse near Chavez Ravine so they said we'll get some mics bring it down there we'll just record it 
They made three records in one night. It was just humming with ideas. All night sessions. All night sessions. Volume one, two, three. I mean, he just sat down. This is a tune from that session. This This is is from from, yeah, volume three. Sat down at the piano and he didn't get up for like sixteen hours. You know, and 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 beautiful records. Check them out. Yeah, and we heard uh, Cat Kong Wolf Baby, Trinity's by Holy Strays. Uh, that's amazing. I remember us Minutemen thinking records were only flyers to get people to the gigs. And now I really look at them as works. They're here when we're gone. Yeah. Absolutely. whole different understanding I didn't have. But, you know, a lot of, we were talking about you didn't have to go through the arena rock. Yeah. A lot of our early punk is reaction against our, you know, the arena, the records. Yeah, right. yeah. So we were extreme. We thought that those club gigs were so intense to us, profound. We thought that's what was the whole thing. But you guys put so much care into those records and those songs. I know, but in a way, they were like gigs in front of Mike's. Mm. Mm. Uh, we trusted the man we'd make him with, Spot, or mm-hmm. Ethan James, let mm-hmm. him mix it. Ethan James mixed all of Double Nickels, 45 songs in one night. Ha, <laughs> <laughs> Can you believe that shit? That's some Hampton Hogs. Hampton Hogs, but it's Hampton Hogs shit. The kind of mix. Yeah, here, let's hear some more. One, two, three! <laughs>
Master Music. Scary to me. Uh, do you remember a Detroit band called Death? Sure. Yeah, I got a demo here. The Mass of World of Tomorrow. Halloween's coming up. First day, I mean, the only day all year we admit we wear costumes. I'm going to play with my messing man up on Pico. Uh, I'm doing a weird gig Friday, too, with, uh, what's it called, Improvised? Mm. But the, the dude's, uh, the, the, the conductor, he runs a, uh, a board with uh, buttons to lights. When your light comes on, you start jamming. Oh. When it goes out, you stop. That's that's a so lot of pressure. Kind of a little puppet mic. You're on your yeah, own. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that should be interesting. Cut, cut Guy Chris Schlar. Yeah. And then Animal Eyes by the Defenders. Oh yeah, this guy I had on last week. This is a his father band in the '80s. That's how young dudes are now. Yeah. No <laughs> kidding. No kidding. <laughs> Playing the dude's dad. <laughs> no kidding. From a wave band in the '80s, and, and then uh, Fungal Abyss. I don't know <laughs> anything about them. Uh, Year of the Bones, except Joe Biza. Not Joe Biza. Oh, I went to Joe Biza's art show. It was great. Oh, yeah. But Joe that? Boone, D. Boone's little brother, recommended that too. Right. And finally, choice from you guys. Yeah, Tim. Jason. Clifford Brown, Max Roach with Harold Land. Land's End. Yeah, now, I chose that for last because Land's End is what we call where Pacific stops. That's right. right. It's the Land's yeah. End. There's apartments there. That's where the reactionary started with Martin Henry. Right on. Great way to end it. I need some advice for you guys, for the listeners out there. What, what has life taught you guys so far? I mean, you talked about, uh, you know. Oh, I, I've had a huge lesson in uh, humility, staying humble. That's and, what you would tell a young person coming um, up through the thing. Stay humble. Stay humble. Yeah. Follow your dreams. Tim. Yeah, I think, I mean, just like as it relates to this music and, you know, the connection we've had for a long time to it, just, you know, staying curious, trying to find out new stuff, appreciate the original, like the core sounds, whether it's jazz or X Minutemen, um, and then, you know, kind of use it with the ethics in your life. Okay, great. Jason? I'd just say, you know, for me, I mean, it's just, I think about my dad and, like, make life an adventure. Go for it. Do things. Yeah. Take chances. Let the freak flag fly? That's what we yeah. got. So that's, what, that's all we got. Yeah. <laughs> I want to thank you so much for coming to my Pedro town, hearing my practice. dad. Mike, thank you so much. 26 awesome years. This is where I get the shit together. Try yeah, it, man. It's awesome. It's awesome that's to be here. That's where Tom Watson or Pete Mazich is. This is where <laughs> uh, Raul Morales or uh, Jerry Trebitich is. Perk helped me put this together because I got tired of waiting, picking, uh, setting, and tearing down drum sets. So he gave me. That's the first uh, Jane addiction kick drum. Love it. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, for us, just being here is just such a treat and a joy. I mean, this has been such a huge oh. part of all three of our lives. Growing well, I want to give you the tap tour of my town. Absolutely, man. We're there. Uh, thank you so much for yeah, coming thank aboard you the show. Thanks, man. Big love. Big love back. It's been a October 28, 2013 edition of the Pedro Show. Everybody, keep your powder dry. Mm-hmm. <laughs>